following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. All right, let's take our Bibles. Turn with me to John 11, the Gospel of John, chapter 11. Gospel of John, chapter 11, beginning in verse 33. John 11, beginning in verse 33. Actually, we'll start in verse 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying, Unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also uh, weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and uh, said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, who hath been dead four days. Jesus said, saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God? Then uh, they took away the stone from the place where the dead was, and they lifted up, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had said, when he had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary, and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. From this passage of Scripture, I would like to preach on this subject, a foretaste of glory divine a foretaste of glory divine. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, as we look into into thy word this morning, and Father, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father, we worship on the day in which you resurrected from the dead. Father, the first day of the week, and Lord, as we enter in upon a new week, and Father, this being what is called by the world Easter weekend, Father, Lord, may we uh, focus our heart's attention on the resurrection, and particularly this morning, Father, on the subject of a foretaste of glory divine. Father, help us to see the glory of God in the resurrection. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Again, a foretaste of glory divine. You know, today we celebrate specifically the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we are reading of the day in which Christ resurrected his friend Lazarus from the dead, which I believe is really a foretaste of the glory uh, divine, the glory of the resurrection uh, that is to come. Now, the word foretaste means a taste before possession, to have a previous enjoyment or experience of something to anticipate. Here in our text, we're getting a glimpse or a foretaste 
of things to come, which lead us to a greater anticipation of the glory of the resurrection, which is to come. You know, I don't know if you've ever wondered. I, you know, sometimes I wonder about things that maybe nobody cares about. You know, <laughs> sometimes people ask me, like, why did you think of that preacher? It's like, I don't know, you know. I don't think sometimes the way people think. But anyway, sometimes I've looked at this passage of Scripture and I've considered sometimes the, the few other references we have to the Lord raising some people from the dead. And all I can think is, well, now, why, why do we have to have that? Why does, do we see this almost entire chapter focusing on the fact uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ is, is going to resurrect Lazarus from the dead? You know, I think it's good sometimes we ask ourselves a question, why is it that these things happen? Well, I, I really believe, as the, the more I thought about this, the more I believe that, folks, God wants us to have, if you will, a, a foretaste or, if you will, a, a, a pre-glimpse of the glory of God in the resurrection. Amen? What a blessing when we t can talk about uh, the risen Savior. Folks, you know, for some, there are some that are still trying to leave Christ on the cross of Calvary. They don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. And yet, folks, Christ is alive and well, even today, and sits on the right hand of the Father. Amen. And, you know, we, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ on this particular Sunday. But, folks, we're here because he lives. Amen. What a blessing that he lives. We sing those songs, he lives, he lives. Amen. And as we consider this, this subject this morning, I want us to look at three particular things, a foretaste of glory divine. First of all, we see this glory in the resurrection of Lazarus and others. You know, Lazarus is not the only one that is mentioned of as being resurrected by our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, from what I can gather, about, about three particular individuals are risen from the dead by our Lord Jesus Christ. Our text deals with one of them in John 11 and 40. And Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God. God wanted to manifest his glory and the glory of the resurrection, by example, he wanted people already to begin to see that God had the power to raise people from the dead. Amen. Even though there were those among the Jews that did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. Jesus wanted them to know, to get a glimpse, a foretaste of that glory to come. In John 11 and 1, the Bible says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus, uh, of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary which anointed the, the Lord with the ointment and wiped his feet with her, her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of uh, God might uh, be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, and when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after uh, that, he say, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. Now here we find uh, the Lord Jesus Christ hearing about uh, the fact that Lazarus is sick, and, and Jesus knows he's going to die. And some people will say, well, why is he allowing Lazarus to die to manifest the glory of the resurrection? Because, folks, you know what? God knew that though it may be a little bit of suffering for the time, that he was not going to suffer eternally in hell. Amen? 
And the Bible says plainly uh, that they knew Jesus loved him, loved them, and he did love them. Uh, what God does for us is people, Lazarus is a saved man. Lazarus already knows the Lord. They're not just uh, uh, friends that grew up together. These were folks that loved him, trusted him. They, uh, they were saved by the grace of Christ. Amen. And uh, so they knew he loved them. And folks, you know, we always need to know that even sometimes when God takes someone we love home, it's not because he doesn't love them or us. Amen. Even these Jews, when Jesus, when they saw Christ weep, and he wept over Lazarus, he wept over the, the grief that some uh, were, were dealing with, even though he knew he would raise him from the dead. Man, what a blessing that God, though he loved him, was going to allow this to happen so that we would get a foretaste of the glory of the resurrection. Amen? Even those that stood by, you know what? I would have liked to have been there to have watched something like that happen. Oh, you're just one of those guys that wants to see people die. No. Amen, no. And the Lord didn't want to see people. You know, some people are ambulance chasers. Amen. They want to go and they see all the gore and all the other nonsense. Well, you know what? I'm not one of them. And the Lord isn't like that. He loved Lazarus and he had some great plan for Lazarus. Amen. He let him be sick unto death. And he went and raised him from the dead to the glory of God. Look with me to Luke 7. Luke 7. You know, the Lord as well did this with another individual. Luke, uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Luke 7. Luke 7. I'm looking at my notes wondering, what am I saying here? <laughs> Luke 7. Let's look at verse 11. The Bible says it came to pass that uh, the day after that he went into a city called Nain and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when, they, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow and much people of the city was with her. And when the law, Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. I mean, how do you comfort someone who's lost their only son? You know, the, the worst thing in the world sometimes for a parent to, to have to experience is to watch one of their own children die before them. Now, I haven't had that, uh, that uh, issue ever happen, but you know, it would break my heart. I don't, know, I don't know if we could deal with things like that, and yet she's dealing with it. Sometimes it happens to folk. And he came, verse 14, and touched the beer. Now, folks, the Lord is, is, is conscious of what's going on. He knew ahead of time what he was going to do. He had compassion on her. He, he said, weep not, and not even yet telling her what he's going to do. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, young man, that says something in itself, a young man has died. Young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered, unto, delivered him to his mother. And there came fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet has risen up among us, and that God hath, hath visited his people. I'm going to tell you something. God had visited his people. God was there in person, in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. And again, we see another example of uh, Christ having the power of God to raise someone from the dead. Folks, he looked at a woman who had, and had compassion. This is her only son. 
And God would send his only son into the world to, uh, to give him as an offering and sacrifice for sins that we might be saved. And he'd rise again for us. And here it was that we see another, if you will, of the foretaste of glory divine. A taste, a little taste of the power of Christ in the resurrection. If you will, look at Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. <clears throat> and beginning in verse 40. Luke chapter 8 and looking at verse 40. Here comes trouble. Luke 8, and let's look at verse 40. Here the Bible says, It came to pass that when Jesus was returned, uh, the people gladly received him, <clears throat> and um, they, were, they were all waiting for him. Look at verse 41. And behold, there came a man uh, named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house for he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. Now here's a, a Jairus. He's got one daughter, a 12-year-old daughter, and she's dying. And the Lord says, you know, basically, I'm, I'm coming. And they start moving that direction because he wants to, to help this man. He wants to help this girl. But in the midst of it, there's another person that needs help. And he's thronged with people. And everybody's trying to touch him. Everybody's trying to get something from him. And in the midst of all of it, I'm so blessed when I think about this woman who had an issue of blood uh, some 18 years and uh, the physicians couldn't do anything for her and he heals her on the way to heal somebody else. Amen. That is the kind of God that we know and serve. If you're saved by the grace of God, what a God we serve. Folks, what an amazing thing. What a foretaste of glory divine to see the Lord and the power of his resurrection. If you will, looking with me to verse 49. And while he yet spake, there cometh one from the rule of the synagogue's house. And let me say this, I can bet you for... <laughs> That there, here's a man who is just on, on pins and needles. He's upset. He's anxious, wondering, you know, we've got to get to my daughter. She's dying. And then this message comes. And while he yet spake, there cometh one from the rule of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. And when he came into the house, <clears throat> excuse me, look at verse 50. But uh, when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not. Be, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Now, I can't imagine what must have been going on in this man's mind. What? She's dead. She's dead. It's, it's over. And that the Lord said these things to comfort his heart, to encourage him, to strengthen him, that, listen, this is not a done deal. Let's read on. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her, but he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. <laughs> you know, I, I'm amazed every time I read the fact that when people die, maybe people that know the Lord die, they, it's like they fall asleep. I mean, you know, that takes a lot of fear out of death to fall asleep and wake up in the presence of God. <clears throat> And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. You know, folks, sometimes people laugh at us for what we believe. Laugh at us because we have faith in a God we cannot see. Laugh at us because we believe in a resurrection to come. They laugh at us. Verse 54, and he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, 
arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose, she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Now, can you imagine this? Not tell somebody what Christ has done? Amen? I mean, here these people thought all hope is lost, and this Jesus says, wait a second, fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. They go into the house. Everybody's wailing and moaning and carrying on. She's dead, she's dead, she's dead. He said, no, she's asleep. She's asleep, and I'm going to wake her out of her sleep. He goes in, takes her by the hand, and says, made her eyes. And she arises. You know what, folks? She, she comes back from the dead. A miracle, the greatest miracle of God is the resurrection, amen? And already we have a foretaste of the glory of the resurrection in how the Lord dealt with Lazarus and uh, these other two folk as well. You know, folks, what a blessing the resurrection is. You know, those who are saved by the grace of God will uh, look forward to a resurrection uh, with Christ. Look with me to Luke 16. And, you know, some peop sometimes people say, well, where did these folk go? In Luke 16 and uh, verse 19, the Bible says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed from the crumbs which the, fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels in Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Now, you know what, folks? Here it is. The beggar dies and wakes up in Abraham's bosom. Folks, he's in paradise. He's with Abraham, he's with the Old Testament saints, all those that had been saved by the grace of God looking forward. Here he is saved by the grace of God. He's with the Lord, he's with the saints of old in paradise and heaven. And <clears throat> so it is uh, with all those, even these three who died. Even these three who died were in paradise in Luke 23. Luke chapter 23. And verse 39. You know, I think... I think if, if we could ask uh, maybe some of those that had died and been risen again, I wonder if they could know where they'd been, knowing where they'd been, would they have wanted to come back? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Luke 23 and look at verse 39. <clears throat> I'm in 24. 23, 39. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly. For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. You know, the one thief finally realized, you know what? I deserve this. Christ doesn't. And what does he say? <clears throat> and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me, 
when thou comest into thy kingdom. Folks, he's exercising faith like he'd never exercised before. He finally sees that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And his only hope, his only hope at that point, his only hope was Christ. He deserved, and he wasn't saying, get me off the cross. He's saying, Lord, remember me. God, have mercy on me, if you will. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. You know, folks, what an amazing thing that as soon as he died, you know, Christ died before him. And he went ahead of him. And as sure as Jesus was in heaven or paradise, so, so the thief was shortly thereafter. And folks, you know what? You say, well, what? When people die, where do they go? They go to heaven. And yet God brought three of them back. And I say this for this reason. God brought three of them back, not so that they could tell us about heaven, because we know all we need to know about heaven and how to get there. Amen. You know, I don't know how many times I've read stories or heard of people who have died. They've died, and you know what? They came back to life, and they wrote a book. And they're telling us all about, and I haven't read any of these books. I, I think there's a kid that wrote a book. I just read, saw recently there's a man, supposedly, who died, who came back, wrote a book. God wrote a book. Amen. God wrote a book. This is more credible than any other book that man could write, because this is not a book written by men, but God. Amen? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Not written by men, but to prepare man for the resurrection. You know, in these three individuals, we see, if you will, a foretaste of the glory of the resurrection. Folks, something to be excited about, something to look forward to. Amen? Wow. And you know what we see the power of God to raise these folks from the dead. And then, if you will, we see, if you will, look with me to John 11. We see this glory in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ in John 11. John 11 and verse 25. John 11 and verse 25. Jesus, or look at verse uh, um. 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Now, I don't know if she ever saw or was aware of these others that Christ rose from the dead. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly all the time frame when all these, these three different individuals were raised from the dead. But nonetheless, she has faith in God and Christ. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said it unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, that should come into, which should come into the world. Now, you know what, folks? The, <clears throat> another, if you will, uh, if you will, the four, of the foretaste of the glory of God in the resurrection is the resurrection of Christ himself. You know, folks, God gave, God gave examples to the world at large in which he lived. That he is the resurrection and the life. Amen? And that he could bring folks back from the dead to the glory of God. Look at Matthew 16. Matthew 16. 
and verse 21. Jesus taught his disciples of the resurrection. In the verse 21, and from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. He speaks, Christ taught them really the gospel here, and he taught them that the finish of the gospel is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, his resurrection from the dead. And one day they were going to see uh, that come to pass. They're going to see the glory. They, well, they'll get a glimpse of his glory. Look at me to John 10, John 10 and 17, John 10 and 17. He had promised that he was going to do this in John 17 and said he had the power to do it. In John 10 and 17, therefore, if my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have, the, I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment I have received of my Father. He's saying, listen, I'm going to lay down my life. You know, when you read the Bible, pay attention to some of the words. You know what, folks? Th there was nothing that the people did that caused Christ to die. He gave up the ghost. He gave up his life. He let himself be a sacrifice. They shed his precious blood. They abused him. They mistreated him. They did all kinds of things to it. But when it came down to the final question, Jesus gave up the ghost. He gave up his life. And then we know uh, what happened after that. Matthew 28, Matthew 28 and 1. <clears throat> Matthew 28. And uh, verse 1, <clears throat> the Bible says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. And his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. For, and for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye, ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and, and to go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, and there shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, all hail, and they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Now, you know, folks, here these disciples have been taught about the resurrection, and they, were, they believed on it after a fashion. Uh, they had seen three times uh, where the Lord had given them a, really a foretaste, a picture, a glimpse of his glory and the power of the resurrection when he brought three folk again personally from the dead. And now, even as he said he would do, he has died and he was buried and he's risen again. Amen. Folks, the, the, the stone was rolled away from the door of the tomb, not so Jesus could get out, but to show the world that he wasn't there anymore, amen? Because upon the first day of the week, Christ had already risen, early on the first day, he'd already risen from the dead, amen? And folks, you and I 
see it recorded in Scripture. You and I have a foretaste of the glory of the resurrection in Jesus Christ. Amen. Something to look forward to. Amen. Something to believe in. Someone to believe in. In 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15 and 1. Bible says in verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, by which also you are, are, have received, by, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, lest you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and then he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and then he was seen of Cephas, then of twelve, and after that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. And after that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. You know, folks, he's seen by many. And one of the greater parts of the, the gospel message, the, the, which is the power of God into salvation, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, you'll maybe see in, the, in religious accounts of other religions the fact that someone died, some religious figure died. But no one like Jesus Christ died and was buried and rose again by his own power three days later. And folks, he brought his sacrifice into heaven itself to appear in the presence of God for you and I. To anoint the mercy seat of God in heaven with his precious blood so that we could be saved forever. Folks, it's not just enough that he shed his blood and died but that he rose again, that we have hope. Amen? We have a blessed hope in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Mark 1 and 15, Repent ye, Jesus said, Repent ye, and believe the gospel. Amen? The gospel is how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures in Romans 10. Romans chapter 10. Looking at verse 8. Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse 8. But what saith that the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart? That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou should confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. For, this, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call upon who? Folks, we call upon the risen Savior. Amen. You know, folks, what would be the point of calling out to someone who is dead? What could a dead man do for any of us? Nothing. You know, it's sad that there, are, there have been people, hundreds of thousands of people who've been led to pray to people who are dead. They pray to their ancestors. They pray to the saints, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Peter and Paul. and James. They pray to the saints, imagining from some, for, for some religious reason that they've been taught that they can find help, maybe even salvation in Mary's mother. But Mary's dead. And she's in heaven, but she's dead and can do nothing for you and I other than to testify of her son, 
where she says, My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Amen. She had put her faith in the Christ she gave birth to, not knowing initially that she was going to give birth to the Christ. The Christ that would die and be buried and rise again the third day. Amen. Woman was saved by the grace of God before she gave birth. But though she was saved, you know what, folks? The only thing she can do to help us is to tell us of the one who is mighty to save, the risen Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. She can save no one. But you know what, folks? She knew who could save her. She had her faith in the risen Savior. Lastly, if you will, look with me to John 11. John 11. A foretaste of the glory of divine in the resurrection of Lazarus and others, in the resurrection, the glory of the resurrection of Christ, and we will experience this glory in our resurrection. In John 11, looking at verse 18, John 11, and looking at verse 18. Now Bethany was nigh in Jerusalem, about 15 uh, furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was come, was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. <clears throat> but I, I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection of the last day. You know, folks, you and I have the prospect, the anticipation, because of the foretaste of the glory of the resurrection in, in those that have been resurrected before, in the resurrection of Christ. Folks, you know what? You and I can have and will experience the glory of his resurrection in our own resurrection. Folks, we have something to look glorious to look forward to. Amen? Though in this body we die, though in this body we die, to be, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You don't die without hope. You die in hope, in Christ. You wake up in heaven, the home of those who hope. Amen? And you'll get one day this body that has died and gone to the dust, gone to the grave, will rise again. You know what? In heaven, now pay attention to just a moment. In heaven, you know what? You will be yourself, but a glorified self. You know what? You will not have trouble recognizing any other Christian that you've known in heaven because they will look like themselves. Only a glorified self, a risen, glorified self. Amen. You know, we'll, we'll, you know I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some people in heaven. I'm looking forward to seeing some people in heaven. You know, I think there are some who have died already that I've known that were saved that are in heaven. And you know what? When we get to heaven, we'll see Jesus. And you know what? Though we've never seen him with these, we will know him. We will know him. And folks, we'll know and see others we've seen before with him because of the promise of the resurrection. Look at John 5 and 28. John 5 and 28. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice 
and shall come forth, they that have done good in the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil in the resurrection of damnation. There is a resurrection for all. The resurrection of life, eternal life, the glorious resurrection where we will bodily, will receive a new body, we'll be bodily in heaven, if you will. And then there's a resurrection of damnation, those who will suffer bodily forever in hell in a glorified body. That's a resurrection you don't want to be a part of. Look at me, Psalm 17 and 5, Psalm 17 and 15. Psalm 17 and verse 15. <clears throat> David wrote, And as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Now you know what, folks? David believed in the resurrection. He knew that one day he would be like Christ and that he has a glorified body, a perfect, sinless body. Amen. Living forever in that body in heaven. In Psalm 49, Psalm 49, verses 14 and 15. Psalm 49. <clears throat> Verses 14 and 15. Bible says, Like sheep they are laid in the grave, death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. Folks, not only a soul, but folks, that's bodily. Amen. There we will go to be with the Lord. In Isaiah 25 and 8. Isaiah 25 and 8. <clears throat> now watch the wording here because this sounds like something you'll read in the, in the New Testament as well. He will swallow up death in victory. The Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off the earth, for the Lord hath spoken it. That, this kind of wording is reminiscent of another passage we'll read in 1 Corinthians 15. But look with me to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12, <clears throat> beginning in verse 1. Daniel chapter 12 and beginning in verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble and such as is never since was since there was a nation, even to the same time. At that time, thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book, that is the book of life. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and forever. Here he talks about, if you will, a time when the Lord, those that sleep in the dust, we're talking about our body, sleeps in the dust, will one day come out of the grave, will we'll experience the glory of the resurrection in our resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and begin in verse 51. <clears throat> Behold, I show you a mystery. <clears throat> we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. You know, there are some that believe that uh, we're living in the millennial, millennium. Uh, 
and some other strange things. But before that comes, this has to happen. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory over the law and of sin and finally of death. You know, a glorified body, an incorruptible, immortal body. Then he says in verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Folks, we have... We have, if you will, a foretaste of the glory divine in the resurrection of Lazarus and others, in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and the prospect, the prospect because of their resurrection, our resurrection. Amen. But you know something? It's great to know that. It's, wonder, it's a wonder to revel in that. But knowing that, Verse 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, folks, God tells us these things, not so that we'll just sit around and say, hallelujah, and shout glory. You know, we preach this message in some circles, and everybody's shouting hallelujah and waving hankies and carrying on. And that's okay, I guess. But what is it going to do for the life you have left to live here. How should it affect us? You know what, folks? If you look with me to Ephesians 2, Ephesians chapter 2, looking at verse 1. <clears throat> and you hath he quickened, or made alive, or resurrected, if you will, spiritually, who were dead in trespasses and sins, when where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we, have, we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. You know, folks, he's talking about how we were dead in sins, but when we trust Christ by grace through faith in him, we are made alive, we are resurrected to a new life spiritually in Christ. A new opportunity, a new beginning for Christ. He goes on to say, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through, Jesus, through Christ Jesus. For by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, with God before ordained that we should walk in them. Do you know what, folks? God saves us by his grace. He, if you will, resurrects us spiritually to a new life, a new walk, in Christ Jesus. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And if you look with me to John, excuse me, Romans 
chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, we'll look at verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Let me say this. You know what salvation is? It's about how that in repentance we die to sin. We turn from sin to Christ. We're buried and we're resurrected by grace through faith in Christ to a new life and a new walk in Christ. Again, Romans 6 and 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Now, folks, scriptural baptism doesn't save us, doesn't bring about the resurrection. It has nothing to do with salvation other than, and importantly, it, it is a picture of how that Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again to a new life. You know what, folks? It's our opportunity to testify that, you know what, we put our faith and trust in the Christ that died and rose again and that we've died with him and are risen again to a new life, a new walk in Jesus Christ, in the likeness of Jesus Christ. You say, well, why should I live for God? Why should I be obedient to God? Because you know what? We love him because he first loved us. He lived for us. He died for us. He rose again for us. And he's going to give us, folks, you know what? A resurrection to an even better life in heaven. But until then, until then, will you not live for him now? Will you not walk in newness of life now? Will you not live a life of resurrection now? See, that's what the Lord wants. He's given you a new life and a new opportunity. And you know what, folks? There's no, I'm not here to try to force you to do so but maybe rather exhort you, exhort you to live for the God who lives for you. He lives, and because he lives, we shall live also. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com.